All right. How do we pronounce Joker too? Fully adieu. Fully adieu. Fully adieu. Fully adieu. Joker, fully adieu. Sounds about right. Thinks that's or we just go American. Fully adieu X. Aldo Rain. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Yeah, give me that too. Yeah. We'll see. We got to hear uh, Todd Phillips say it. Then we're all set. Mm. Or Joaquin. This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 132 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, along with our trailer roundup featuring Joker Folia Du. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 132 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy duty. Welcome to episode 132 of TDI. This is Dr. O on the horn to start per usual. I'm joined by the one and only Joker aficionado, HBO aficionado, DC aficionado, my podcast co-host and best friend, Ricky Flicks. Looking tan, my friend. How are you? Doing well, doctor. Doing well. Huge news out of Warner Bros. Discovery, HBO, DC this past week. Excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're dealing with the fallout of Batgirl. If you didn't hear our reaction episode to that news, we recorded the night it all went down. HBO, DC, Warner Brothers Discovery looking to go in a whole different direction. I think we should just call it like Warner Brothers Discovery. That's what we should just say, how we should say it. I think right? it is Warner Brothers Discovery. So we're, we're going to talk about their approach to DC. Okay. Is it the right way? Could they make a couple tweaks here and there? Okay. But... We have a lot of other news today. Um, where should we start? I kind of want to start with the trailer roundup this week, Ricky Flicks, due to the fact we got a very exciting teaser trailer and a confirmation of a major Hollywood star, Oscar-nominated actress, who is joining the likes of Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker sequel. We had Joker Folia Du. Okay, the first teaser. Uh, we had silhouettes of Joaquin and then Lady Gaga, right, who posted the video. Uh, of herself alongside Joaquin, the silhouette of her as as what we presume to be Harley Quinn. We have some songs going on, some classical music in the background, some musical action going on, almost confirming right the rumors and reports that this movie will in fact be a musical to the follow-up uh, Best Picture nominee that was Joker. The film is set to release October 4th, 2024, five years exact from the release of the original film. A lot of Joker 2 will reportedly take place in Arkham Asylum. It's going to start filming in December. Ricky Flex, is this going to be good? I I think it might be better than the original. Oh, my God. I'm coming out hot. What else is new? The original, looking back on it, didn't revisit it to its entire two-hour 
runtime, but I did revisit a little bit. And yes, like the movie itself, it's quality, it's good, right? But looking back, it's all about the performance. It's all about the performance. And I don't think we'll see a performance like that in the sequel, but I do think there's potential for this movie to be better. I do think after seeing the criticisms of the first one that they could recognize, okay, if we make this a musical centered around Arkham Asylum between these these two characters, these two, a Joaquin Phoenix who just dominates every time he's on the screen, and then a Lady Gaga who gets to go now, Star is Born, Oscar nominated for that, House of Gucci, some people loved it, for me, not so much, but okay, and now gets to go in her strong suit, her biggest strength, which is her voice, her singing, I think that this can be an electric combination, I'm just thinking Joaquin, back when he was in romantic relationship built stories, Walk the Line, I'm thinking of, also not musical dare say but also singing experience and also alongside of reese witherspoon who got an oscar for that role to go against to go with lady gaga this time around there's potential here i think there's a lot of potential and todd phillips continues his trajectory on being possibly an oscar nominated in the future director i think this is a great recipe for success albeit in 2024 a little mini race to the oscar here ricky flex Right, even though one of these people actually, technically, both of them have Oscars if you include best original song for Shallow back in 2019, uh, 2019 for Star is Born. Like, who is more likely to be recognized for their performance here? Is it going to be Joaquin who's following up and uh, like obviously the best actor Academy Award with this sequel, or is it going to be a Lady Gaga who seems like Harley Quinn? What have we seen in the past with that character when she was with Joker and Suicide Squad? What was her takeaway? I mean, it was how good Margot Robbie was as Harley Quinn, how perfect she was for this character. As you said before, this is a perfectly suited role for Lady Gaga. She wants to be more into this prestigious type of filmmaking, right? She still is hitting the mainstream, though, because we do have a technical comic book movie with a central comic book character. It's lining up with the musical. I think the song they use, she actually does a duet with Tony Bennett, right? right, Singing that same song. And the classicalness like of this movie, like the the elegance of the dancing, it seems right up Lady Gaga's alley. And it also lines up with like what we saw from Joaquin dancing in the original Joker, right? Whether you think about him dancing down the stairs, but more more particularly, him in front and like confronting himself, right, in that bathroom, that public bathroom where you have the iconic uh, score going on and him just like elegantly moving his hands back and forth almost like like a freak obviously dancing like that or even before he goes on the murray franklin show like i think this musical idea people dismiss the idea of a musical first off musicals can be good right not all of them are great for a great in cinematic form but i think there could be a great use of it here are you excited by the musical aspect are you turned off by or turned on by it i am like i i've said on this podcast many times i think joaquin phoenix's johnny cash uh singing or uh, johnny cash covers are better than johnny cash i have it uh, the spotify playlist on on my personal account i love it and we all know what lady gaga can do all right so i do love it i think that it could be incorporated in a way that could be very beneficial not just the performances but to the movie overall and i should just say backtrack a little bit as when i said the sequel could be better than the original uh the, the first movie it's also because the first movie tried to conquer like all of Gotham. It was bigger scale than you think. Like, yes, it is about the Joker's origins, right? Arthur Fleck. But it ended up trying to tackle a whole like prop, uh, protest movement 
with Gotham and everything. This one, if it's like the reports are mainly in Arkham Asylum, it's really going to be storied around probably the back and forth between Harley Quinn and Joaquin Phoenix is Arthur Fleck, which I do love in a storybook sense. So, and just for the prestige that this is going for related to Oscars and awards, I like that even more. And I think also it benefits to your race to the Oscar. Again, Arthur Fleck already, Joaquin already awarded the Oscar for this. Won't be, the Academy would not do it again. Uh, for, for the, the same here, role, <laughs> for the same role, they just will never do that. Not even get like, he won't even get nominated like for this. No matter how good he is, he can't be because they just the Oscars just won't do that. So Lady Gaga again in her wheelhouse singing and like already accomplished IP. I think that there's a lot of potential here for her to get at least nominated for an Oscar. I'm I'm beyond excited for it. Like, and I think the musical aspect it's not going to be overwhelming. It's not going to be like oh they're fighting like these guards and they're going to break out into like song and dance. Like that's not how I think this is going to work. I think because a big part of the first film was like deciphering what was real and what wasn't for Arthur Fleck. And uh, you try to think about his relationship with Zazie Beetz. Like you believe that you somewhat believe it's happening, but then obviously you confronted with the scene where he uh, enters her apartment before her and her child does. And then, you know, like obviously he doesn't know this person. And then when he's at the end, when in Arkham Asylum, he's talking to the uh, the therapist or psychiatrist, I believe, uh, and he he's trying to explain what happened. And he said, "You wouldn't get it, right?" He says a joke, "You wouldn't get it." So it just further confirms that you have a hard time deciphering what was truth and what was fake, right? In that movie, so I, it could be a, a like madness for two. We could be seeing Joker and Harley Quinn going through these delusions through song and dance. And I think that would be a genius idea because I think it matches well with Joaquin's character in the first one. As much as it was how dark of a movie it was, he was dancing a lot of the times he was on screen. Maybe it wasn't that great of dancing or maybe it was very creepy, but he was moving and very fluid with his performance for such a slow burn of a movie. And we know, obviously, Lady Gaga, she's going to murder it. If she's, she's going to have like this one-on-one, like she's going to be like serenading Joker, I think that's going to be like an Oscar moment. I can already like call it right now. But I think... We also have to take into account this is going to mainly take place in Arkham Asylum. What are the odds that we see other characters from Batman lore that are introduced in Joker 2, potentially for spinoffs or even a Joker 3? I don't know. I, I really like to say that they want to keep this grounded as much as possible, even though it's, it is absurd because we're dealing with the Joker. But I feel like Todd Phillips and Joaquin want to keep this as grounded as possible. Focus on the two of them, Harley Quinn and Joker. And it's even in the title, right? Delusional or mental illness shared by two people, right? That's literally the title. So I feel like they're just going to keep between the two, not try to conquer, like set up spinoffs or Joker 3, make sure they get this story right. That's why I like this aspiration from Todd Phillips and Joaquin reuniting here. And um, just real quick, just to backtrack also, another reason why Joaquin won't be nominated for this is because He's going to get nominated next year for Disappointment Boulevard for sure. Ari Aster, you think of Hereditary Midsummer. He's playing an entrepreneur that's it's like a it's like a autobiography, it's like a bio, like a fake biography of an entrepreneur. And Joaquin Phoenix is playing him. He's going to get nominated for that. And he's also playing Napoleon in a Ridley Scott movie alongside Vanessa Kirby the following year. So it's like he's gonna pull a Scarjo. Pull a Scarjo gets nominated twice and won Oscars. That could happen. Except it can't be both in the lead though. That might be hard. <laughs> 
It's going to be typical. <laughs> Imagine that two out of five slots is dominated by Joaquin Phoenix. Imagine he doesn't win and he gets nominated for two out of five slots. Jesus, that would be embarrassing. Um, I think you already committed to having like Batman comic book mentions when you made Joker 2. When you decided to make a Joker 2 and expand upon the first movie, I think that basically let audiences know like this has franchise potential. And as much as we kind of don't like that idea after seeing the initial Joker, what were some of the complaints that audience members had, or at least Batman fans had, lose connectivity to Batman lore. So how can we make it more connected, introduce even just like nameplates on these um, doors? How do you bring grounded Batman villains into this world? You have to be very, like, you have to nitpick a little bit. You got to like, like sift through right? The comic books to see what is actually believable in this world, but I could totally see it happening just based on the fact, like how many times is walking Phoenix is, is how many times is he going to come back and play Joker? Or, like realistically, like they're probably not after this movie. However, Harley Quinn, Lady Gaga, this is her first turn. Like who's to say she doesn't come back with her own Joker esque like movie, you know, that's not off the table here. And who knows? It's basically set in Arkham Asylum for most of the time. I assume they're going to break out of Arkham Asylum. What's a popular Batman trope? They break out of prison, right? And Batman has to catch up. So maybe there's even like, there's a time jump here. Maybe there's like actual like mentions of Batman, like within Arkham Asylum. Like there could be things of that nature. Just depends how much time has passed from Joker to Joker 2. Right. And am I talking crazy? Am I talking crazy right now? Or can you see this happening? I don't. I I think that, I think for time to jump that much, that's a, he was already, be, there already was a time jump, right? When he was in prison. But how much? Yeah, he I got a little a gray in the hair. He got a little gray in the hair when he's in prison. I think we got to remember. Do you know how old Joaquin is? 50? He's 47. So, like, wow. he's I not he was older. He looks a little bit older, to be honest. Yeah, but, like, I don't even know, like, the gray in the hair. I could say that that was two days after what ha- the uh, events, like, in the Arkham post-credit scene, whatever, the, the last scene of the movie. Like, I honestly don't know. They didn't say it. And I kind of love that. Keep your options open, right? And allows a sequel to happen or allows the story to develop uh, not as clear to the audiences, but just a lot. Yeah, keeps, keeps your options open, which I love. But in all, I have high, this also, by the way, great announcement, huh? This video. So I watched it a hundred times. I watched and, it an incredible amount. Yeah. And Lady Gaga posted it. Not Joaquin, not Todd Phillips, not the Joker account, not Warner Bro. Like, it was Lady Gaga. What a way to announce this. Like, un- unreal. I want to find out the name of that song in the trailer. Um, I have it right here, Cheek to Cheek. But this is always popular. It was in a Fred Astaire song. Fred Astaire movie, excuse me, where he popularly sang that song. Um, I forgot what movie it was because, honestly, it's from, like, the 1950s. And I, I'm not – my filmography is not exactly uh, – my skill set is not – doesn't lean towards 1950s films. Uh, all right. I don't know, man. I'm just what I'm thinking of too is as they keep making a sequel and they open up this franchise potential. Now there come the almost inevitable questions. Yeah, if there's like end of this movie, if there's any type of cliffhanger, Joker three. How old is Batman at this point? Is there someone that is influenced by like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? Like the more movies they make with this Joker franchise, the more I think it might actually lead into Reeves's universe. The more that it, the more that they make, and, and they're they're gonna try and push it. Like Reese obviously doesn't have that intent with his movies, but if you keep pushing a second, third spinoffs, all of a sudden you get presumably a 1970s movie 
that set with the original Joker. No one really knows. They try and keep it very vague, but just based on like the coloration, the color scheme, and uh, the clothing and the cars, like you would assume it's like 1970s, early 1980s, decades past. Like maybe we're up to the point where it's 2000, and like here comes Batman, you know? So who knows? Uh, all right. Next up on the checkup. Uh, trailer roundup, excuse me. I'm all over the place today. We have a trailer for Martin McDonough's next film. Martin McDonough, what is he known for? Uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and also In Bruges, one of our favorite movies on this podcast. And speaking of In Bruges, we have two of the stars that are returning for a Martin McDonough film in Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And who's stepping up in a supporting role? Here comes Barry Keehan, speaking of Joker. So they come together in the first trailer for The Banshees of Insurance. Hopefully I pronounce that right too. Tough day for pronunciations. The film releases October 21st in theaters. Ricky Flex, initial reactions to this uh, trailer. This trailer was something. It, it was really good. I think the music behind it really drove the trailer forward because mm. I tweeted this out. I think I, I, I didn't make this clear. The story behind this is so boring. And what I mean by that is, Oh, a friend doesn't want to be friends with another guy. That doesn't sound enough for a movie. And this trailer, it shows you that. It shows you the dysfunction that it causes with the town. But it's like, it's still at the end of the day, like, that sounds boring. But this trailer, the music, the drama behind it, the last, like, minute montage of, like, some violence that we don't really clearly see, the dis- this confusion, and the kind of secrets that they're not telling us through this trailer, but entices us to go see this movie very well done for such a boring premise. Very good trailer. Very much looking forward to this movie. Not even considering the fact that, yes, this is reuniting Martin McDonough with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. So very excited for this. I, and again, October 21st, that's only two months away. Looking forward to it. I think I, I initially was critical of that tweet that you sent out where you were talking about how this was look, look like a boring movie, but now I get it. The premise, like a guy who doesn't want to be best friends with the guy who's been best friends with his entire life. Like that. Yeah. It sounds like a rom-com t- kind of, you know, <laughs> it's like, you don't want to maintain exactly. that relationship, but like there's this underlying like mystery that's or cloud over this movie. Like, why doesn't he want to be friends? Why does Brendan Gleeson not want to be friends with Colin Farrell? And that's, what's going to drive the movie. The, I think this is going to be a slow burn, obviously based off this trailer, but like the music you're right, did drive it. Not a lot of Barry Key in here, which is much to my disappointment, but heavy accents here, heavy Irish accents here. I love that. I love that. And I think it's well suited for all three of these actors, obviously based on their heritage. Um, I do think it's interesting too. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson in Bruges, like who was kind of the wild card here. It was Colin Farrell to Brendan Gleeson's straight man. What do we have here? More of Colin Farrell as a straight man to Brendan Gleeson as the wild card. Like Brendan Gleeson, he's saying if Colin Farrell's like, character, if he comes up to him again, he's going to cut off one of his fingers, right? It's like it's like really, he seems like I one guess of his fire- own fingers. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's like Brendan. Sorry, I should have clarified that. Brendan Gleeson <laughs> pronouns there. So Brendan Gleeson would cut off his own finger. Okay instead of Colin Farrell's. But to me, that's just such wild behavior. And it makes me wonder like what the hell could he have done? But I could see like Martin McDonough tries to be a little coy with his endings. I could see like it leading to nothing. Like he just is sick of this person and they want you to believe there is an underlying um, reason, right? For Brendan Gleeson to basically alienate Colin Farrell, right? I could see for some reason, like him trying to be coy, building up that suspense. And then it just, falls into nothing it's just the message of friends grow sick of each other 
Mm, I could see that. I really hope not. But I'm thinking of in Bruges now, Ray Fines that had to get thrown in the mix. I feel something's coming. Mm-hmm. Something that we're not going to see. It's not going to be simple as, oh, Brendan Gleason. Like, he, it's probably like if I had to guess if Brendan Gleason did something wrong and like Colin Farrell did nothing wrong. But Brendan Gleason's like too guilty to tell Colin Farrell to tell because it would ruin the friendship. So he's like, oh, no, I'm just sick of you. But covering up something that he did. He's ending the friendship before mm. Colin Farrell could end the friendship because of what he did. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, what did he do? And it doesn't look like there's a love interest Ooh, or I anything like that. like that. So I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if it's work related either. Ooh. So I'm that not. Could be, I don't know. That could be like an internal thing. Like you're right. Like I, I could see that happening too, where it's like Colin Farrell finds himself questioning why isn't why isn't this person responding to me, right? Why aren't they talking to me? Why aren't they conversing with me? Well, it may not be because of the person. It could be the person who has like internalizing yes. something, something maybe conflict that they have arising in them. And uh, honestly, it could lead to something catastrophic for the Brendan Gleeson character. You know, exactly. I could, I could see that happening too. Good call. Ricky Flux. I like that. Did I ever tell you you should be a writer? <laughs> All right. Next up, let's go on to the trailer. No, excuse me. If we start off with the trailer roundup, we're going to the checkup. So where I want to lead off roadhouse. We have a Roadhouse remake in the works starring Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Doug Liman. It's going to be at Amazon. Amazon is creating this remake uh, alongside Jake Gyllenhaal. We have Billy Magnuson, right, a drive-in favorite here. Uh, Danielle Melquire, known for her role in The Suicide Squad. You got Lucas Gage and Arturo Castro starring in the film. And... UFC superstar Conor McGregor will make his acting debut in Roadhouse. Uh, Ricky. Initial thoughts, remake, Gyllenhaal as the next Swayze. What do we think? It's got the looks. Uh, Jake G. No one looks like Swayze. Nobody, but he's good looking, dude. He'd be fine. Um, Roadhouse is just such a classic. It won't be as beloved as the original. It won't be as quote unquote like, yeah, beloved, I guess is the right word. Um, People won't accept it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But it could be a better movie. Like Doug Liman's directing this, right? Um, he did, he, uh, let's see, Born Identity, right? Um, American Made with Tom Cruise and another Tom Cruise. I think he did, um, what did he do? Live, Die, Repeat? Didn't, yeah, Edge he of did Tomorrow. that too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So like he's, he has, you know, he has his hits. He has his misses. Um, I think he did Chaos Walking. So we'll see. That, I think, like, honestly, I don't think you can take credit for that. That was like, I think that was a studio production where they yeah, pieced it together yeah. and threw it out there. Yeah, and also like yeah, he has like he swingers, swingers. Like I think that was his first feature. I think first feature film. But all in all, like I do like this cast. I think it's simple. Um, Roadhouse is a simple story. I want to see what difference differences they do. Is it set in this day and age? How does that change at all? Um, And Conor McGregor is he going to be the main adversary or is he just going to be a quick like in and out? Jake G just takes him down real quick or something like that. I'm very interested to see that. All in all, anything Jake G does, I'm going to watch it and be very hyped for it. But at the end of the day, this just looks like another run-of-the-mill, decent movie. I think like people judge that remakes shouldn't be made. Like Some of them obviously shouldn't. Uh, people argue classics shouldn't be made. So you could argue this is a classic of some sort, but it's not on the level of like a Godfather being remade, a Back to the Future being remade. It's Roadhouse. It's one of the most rewatchable, like entertaining, like basically an action flick, right? Um, I watched it literally the other day at AMC. It gets regular playing time there. I think it, it this one can be updated. It's not like 
you, you can put this in a city setting, like you in urban setting. You can put Jake G as a nightclub bouncer in New York City, in LA or Vegas or something like that. Maybe he's going from city to city trying to like clear, clear up these like these I mean, not even bars, like just clubs, nightclubs. There might be a lot of like surrounding, there's like drug deals that are happening. There might be like prostitution happening. There's so much, I guess, there's many different avenues this story could take, in my opinion. And I think it could be updated for a 2022 version. And I mean, Gyllenhaal, we saw like how jacked he could get from Southpaw. I would love to see him on that level again. Um, I could see McGregor being like a bouncer at another club that he's trying to like shape up and he just like kicks his ass like when he first meets him. And then like McGregor is like one of like one of his crew, you know, I don't think he's going to have many lines in this movie, but the fact that he's in this movie to me is perfect. Like if I was to say like what movie would Conor McGregor be in? Yeah. He's going to be in the roadhouse remake. <laughs> like that's just perfect. Let's see him round out somebody. Yeah. Why not? No, and Conor McGregor is going to draw eyes to this. Definitely. I think that if you didn't have him in it and you just look at this cast, I'm like, okay, well, you still get a decent amount of people watching it, but having Conor McGregor now, it's like okay, you have the whole UFC community and rising UFC fans watching it. Okay, yeah, this everyone's gonna be watching this movie to see how he does. So I'm very excited for that as well. It's just, it, just I I love your take here. I didn't even think about how it could just be totally different. Where, yeah, they could just totally revamp this and just call it Roadhouse, but it's something completely different. I love right. that aspect of it. They totally just make it modern and like it was just about oh bar it's just like going to a bar like rough city rough town almost had like a western vibe to it you know somehow but like it's like like the lone cowboy trying to protect like protect the ranch you know (laughs) he doesn't have to protect the town you know that's exactly what it felt like in the original and then you have the love story attached but you could do so much more with this story it's too juicy to like just leave you know yeah Um, you talked and you talked about like last week with the gray man we're talking about all these like single solo type people you know, like John Wick or these assassins, Liam Neeson, like they can make oh, it like this that. is going to be a franchise. Yeah, <laughs> you make it a franchise. franchise. Yeah, like I'm, oh, I'm not oh, even joking. Like you never know. Trips. So we'll see. I love that. They go from different cities. Like he, then we take it international. Like he's going to like like Madrid or something like that. Wow. Oh, uh, let's talk about Jake Gyllenhaal for a second. Like he's sticking with like this. It's, it appears like this Michael Bay ambulance performance. He's just carrying it over because I could see him playing a similar type character, a little more reserved, but still very much physical. You know, I could still see that happening with this character, but he's also not going towards that, like sniffing those awards type of movies. He's doing remakes. He's doing, as we said, the Michael Bay movie. You did Spider-Man villain a couple of years ago. It seems like he's still on this like uh, blockbuster train or on this one where he's just doing movies that he's interested in doing and that are going to be fun. Like who wouldn't want to be the star of the roadhouse remake? Are you kidding me? That's going to be stellar. And like, yeah, go ahead. I want to hear your reaction. Then I also want to pitch something else to you. No, like since like Okja and nocturnal animals, like 2016, 17, it's like, he's been on this, like, all right, you know what? I went on this like Oscar prestigious run. Uh, I try to get nominated for, I try to win Oscars nominated for Oscars similar to who just took that turn. Ryan Gosling with I was going to say, yeah. So it's just like, okay, these both, these both like dominated the late 2000s, early, uh, late 2000s, 2010s with like great roles that people love and they love revisiting those movies, how great they are, but they didn't get the recognition at the Academy level. So it's like, okay, now let's go have some fun before we hit that later stage in our life. Cause they're both in their forties. Like they're only getting older. So it's like, okay, Jack dudes, 
what can you make some money here with some franchises or with some action oriented movies that can make uh -huh. big at the box office or big streaming. It's like, all right, let's do this now, have some fun. And then we come back to our prestigious roles later. Like Jake G still is connected to a lot of like prestigious roles. Uh, a la the Godfather movie that's coming out. Francis and the Godfather is playing Robert Evans. The Barry like Levinson that, movie. Yeah. That's going to be a serious role. So like, it's not like he's drifting away completely. Like some of these actors do as they get older, he's going to come back to it. He's good enough. Even in ambulance, you could see like, he's just a step ahead of everybody uh, mm -hmm. on talent level. So he still has that potential. It's still there. It's just like, okay, when is he going to fully get back to that stage? We don't know. We'll see. So how are they going to rip out the dudes long in this movie? What's going to be like the, cause they, they have, have to, to they have to do something similar to it. Like what can they do differently? Like, how can you match that type of intensity? And will, like, honestly, is McGregor going to be the guy, the nightclub owner he has to go against? Maybe the rival nightclub owner? I don't know. Right. But, like, I, like you have to have something that's similar to it. <laughs> like, I can ripping. picture there being, like, a big bad, and McGregor is, like, his the, like, there's first general. You know their what I thug, mean? Their thug? Their yeah, henchman? Thug. Yeah, the, their main henchman that Jake G has to take down. I could totally right. see that. Doesn't talk too much. The big bads talk, the main villain's talking, but he's not the fighter. He sends out McGregor. I could totally see that. But I think, like, just like thinking back to Southpaw, just that aggressive anger intensity. Testosterone that filled yeah, performance. That's what this, yeah. I, I think that this is steroid that. filled. Yeah, exactly. I think this is what that's going to be. I would rather see, like, I don't know, like a, uh, like, I'm thinking back to like nobody, Bob Odenkirk. Someone like Barry, like put together, maybe like Jake G dresses up as in like a blazer, no tie. Dude, if he like wears a suit, like basically. the turtleneck, like the turtleneck ambulance, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. he literally like, looks like Sig Safe, keep the same outfit. Yeah, I would keep that and then just he's just smooth every time, defensive fighter, but can attack uh, whenever, whenever necessary. So, like, I would rather see that, but you know what? If we're just going to be going full testosterone, full steroids, like you said. <laughs> There's no shirt. This movie is endless possibilities. Like, this should be the next John Wick. Like it, you just take it out. Not dude. enough for one like, movie. Like you want to see how like this is like in 2022, like action filmmaking, what Roadhouse looks like. Just throw 12 guys at him at a bar and just watch him just kick ass. Just watch yeah, him go. No gun. Like Shang-Chi or something, you know? Just I don't want to see crazy. a single gun in this movie. Yeah, no guns. No guns. Like like you pull a Batman there. Um, all right, let's move on to the next story of the checkup. Another Driving favorite. We have Austin Butler teaming with Tom Hardy and Jody Comer. They've been cast in Jeff Nichols' next film, The Bike Riders. This film follows the rise of a fictional Midwestern motorcycle club in the 1960s. Ricky Flex, your initial thoughts with this new trio for Jeff Nichols' upcoming motorcycle movie. It's interesting. I think that this has a lot of potential. Now, what do you think of bike riders or oh, sorry, like motorcycle gang? You think of for me one of the greatest TV series of all time, Sons of Anarchy. I don't want to see anything resembling Sons of Anarchy. I want this to be more like, I don't know, like I'm not saying Grease, as in like the T-Birds, you know what I mean? But I want that look. I want that 60s feel coming through this movie. I really want that. And Austin Butler, he kind of looks like a John Travolta in Grease, you know, the greasy hair. That's what I want out of this story or out of this movie. I really want to see Austin Butler just carry this like whatever side he's on, I, I would rather see him be the hero and Tom Hardy be the adversary villain. 
because I think Tom Hardy as a villain would be electric in a motorcycle gang like war or something like that. I'm thinking like the Revenant when he was in the rep, like when he played, I forget his even character, but he was great in that movie, Oscar nominated there. I would love to see him carry that energy that he brought in that movie here, but in motorcycle form, my lord, him against Austin Butler would be an awesome duel. And let alone Jody Comer's in this movie. This what? that's what's like that just makes this movie like certified, like okay, this is like not just like action, but like maybe a little like critically acclaimed i think that austin butler still early stages just at elvis which not everyone loved right tom hardy you never know what he's gonna do he's, he's he's doing venom three for god's sakes but he's still tom hardy but jody comer seems like she's only doing bangers right now and i i kind of have high aspirations for this now if she wasn't in this name i would just be like oh this is just a fun movie i'll look back to like someone to roadhouse i'll be like oh this would be awesome to see but now i'm like crap i actually like have critical aspirations for this Yo, I'm really pumped for this movie for all three actors here. Like, let's start off with Austin Butler. Just the fact that he's coming off Elvis, right? And uh, he's going to be in Dune. And now he's going to be in this bike rider gang. He's sticking with, like, the 1960s period piece here. So, and you know, he's going to look cool as hell in that leather jacket, riding a motorcycle. He's going to nail it. Uh Tom Hardy just looks like, he looks right now, if you looked at him with a beard, he could lead a biker gang. I can see him like going method for this one. <laughs> like I can see it. Like he probably does this regularly. He probably owns a motorcycle and goes to biker bars. I could see this like really trashy, like dirt bike biker bars. I actually live right next to a biker bar, Ricky. We should go sometime. Mm, yeah, maybe before this movie, we do like a little biker bar. Uh, <laughs> should, we, preview. Should, we, should we bring the GoPro and do a little vlogging? <laughs> this <laughs> is what we want to see from the bike riders scenes, the 1960s movie, but in 2022. But I think we need because you mentioned um sons of anarchy we need more like biker gang movies like what do we think we think of wild hogs like when's the last time we had a biker gang movie and i think of biker gangs i also think of like once again a tv show true detective that's what i think mm -hmm. of immediately i need a badass movie on biker gangs it feels like this is a lost art in modern day movies uh tom hardy's gonna kill it i can see like uh, Austin Butler just below in the ranks of uh, Tom Hardy, someone that challenges authority and maybe like mm. goes off and creates his own gang or something like that. I don't want to get into like that whole thing, but I could just see like a relationship that starts um, antagonistic, like with him challenging authority, going to the other side. But I, I'll, I, I think I'm most excited to see Jodie Comer here. Um, 1960s, she could be playing. Like I doubt she's going to be on the bike. To be honest, she's going to be a love interest, but maybe she's going to be someone that like like circumvents the social norms or tries to go against it and become a biker, things like that. But the fact that she's gone from free guy, the last duel, and now this movie, like that's that's some range right there. That is some range right there. And uh, just seeing her kind of go in a more badass direction, I love to see it. So she's hit like this one, this movie. Compared to Free Guy or The Last Duel, like that's period piece, like talking 11th century. This one has some edge to it. And I think going alongside Tom Hardy, who very much has an edge to him, and then like an up and comer like Austin Butler, like it's only good, like this is going to be a magical movie. Not magical, it's a bad word for this, but yeah. it's going to be a, a, a killer movie for all three of these. It's going to be magical. <laughs> <laughs> No, I if I had to put my prediction though for her, I would say definitely the love interest, maybe Austin Butler's love interest, or for was with Tom Hardy, but then oh, switches oh, to Austin Butler. We're creating love triangles already. Yeah, love triangle is what my prediction is. Whether they're on the same side, Austin Butler's challenging hierarchy, like you said, and Jody Comer switches to him, or adversary gangs, she's like falls in love with the opposing gang member, whatever. On the or whatever. Jody Comer is Tom Hardy's daughter. 
<laughs> oh, that's a good one. I and like then, that too. Gets with that, like, we'll get, and uh, I do think that um, we should just mention Jeff Nichols real quick. Loving, right? Joel uh, Egerton there, Edgerton there in 2016. Like Ruth Nega. Yeah, Ruth Nega, exactly. And also one of like most underrated movies of the decade, not near like my all-time movies of the decade, but still amazing. Great movie is Mud, Matthew McConaughey, 2012. Mm. He directed and wrote that. So definitely like critically acclaimed like director and writer here doesn't work on a lot of things has less than like 10 feature films in his filmography definitely pick and chooses his projects and the, for the fact that he picked and chose a motorcycle gang with austin but the tom hardy jody comer i have high aspirations like i said yeah they're all signing on it's just like the respect they have for jeff nichols and like the potential for this story i think it's going to yeah. be a killer movie I, I i can't wait to keep getting updates on this when the eventual trailer comes out uh, let's move on to the next story in the checkup uh, I think we could bounce around with DC a little bit here, kind of like going reactionary to what happened uh, after Batgirl. And then I believe, what did they have, Ricky? What did they hold? It was a conference of some sort? They had their uh, earnings call. Earnings call. And then they revealed some information regarding the studio, right? So they have they highlighted DC. I think that's where we'll start, okay? Um, they said DC... They want to map out a 10-year plan similar to what the MCU and Kevin Feige do with their phases. They want to map out what exact projects they're going to do. They also mentioned they're going to prioritize uh, certain characters like Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Right? They're going to make sure their events, their their theater releases are events. Um, what were your takeaways upon hearing about this DC news? And then uh, there's been a dismissal of, like I think there's been rumors that Supergirl has been dismissed that intended movie there's also rumors that henry cavill's wanted to come back as superman i mean a whole slew of rumors have come about from this um earnings call so i just want you to kind of give your reactions and like what sticks out the most yeah i think the, what sticks out the most for me is definitely the them mentioning david slasov the ceo of warner bro discovery literally saying kevin feige is like the inspiration for this plan he used kevin feige in the on the call so just highlighting that just kind of admitting yes we lost the past decade we have lost to marvel and now it's like okay we want to do what they did but in our own like spin on it i love that just being self-aware finally they're actually being finally self-aware and that includes cutting projects cutting projects like you talked about but i think in addition to that going for quality over quantity and that also includes taking off content they've already done and produced and they put out on HBO Max, including like an American Pickle, a Seth Rogen movie. They took mm -hmm. off HBO Max. I think that's just terrible like, movie, by the way. Holy God. Yeah. So like there's taking off all their bad quality projects that they've done and put out. They're taking them off HBO Max, not even allowing you to see how bad they are anymore. I kind of love the move. Again, it's being very self-aware and honest with us as audience members saying that they were wrong and i love that from this new hierarchy this new management that they've done and i do ha i i will never say that they could do whatever close to what marvel has done in the past i don't think it'll ever be done again nothing even close but i do say like i do like the direction they're taking twitter outrage don't don't even listen to it they're, they're doing not, the right thing they're not bending the knee they're not bending the knee they're not they're, they they double down on the Batgirl like uh cancellation and they, they double said, down on all these projects and they they, they 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 i believe they mentioned Batgirl at this conference or whatever so zaslav talked about it and said this is not what we're looking for and this is not like the uh, experience we're looking for our viewers to have like i forgot what the exact quote was but he doubled down on it saying like 
yeah, we canceled this. There's no shot of ever being released. Okay, we're on to we're, we're on to we're on to Cleveland. All right, we're we're Belichick. <laughs> we're on to you know? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, shit. Well, I'm so off today, Ricky. It's crazy. I'm so but, off. But, but like, it's crazy though. Like, I, I I still don't understand this Twitter backlash. Like, you don't want to see the Wonder Twins movie. Yeah, you don't like, want to well, see that. like people. Like, I'm telling you, they just want to see all new characters. I think this is honestly Guardians of the Galaxy influenced. Like, because you got these characters, people like very like obscure characters that certain comic book fans mm. knew they got excited about they saw what was possible with these characters and now you just want to see new projects oh people are like oh i'm sick of batman movies i'm sick of superman i'm like shut up shut up you're sick of batman movies you don't want to oh. see batman you want to see the wonder twins or batgirls instead of batman no <laughs> get out of here bro they are pillars for not only dc for warner brothers and this guy i love this Zaslav guy i love him he gets no. it. I feel like it's like if we run, ran the studio. It's like literally like me and you. We're like, okay, we want Batman. Henry Cavill, we had him in place. Bring him back, right? Reportedly, he's wanted to return. I, I Honestly, I think they get it. They just know what they're doing, right? This new guy. And I'm, I'm actually confident in the next 10 years. I like how they're mapping it out too, right? Maybe not reveal this 10-year plan to everybody, but just make sure there is a plan. I think right, that's yeah. the most important thing. They will eventually have to share it, like whether it be at Comic-Con or whether it be like at the one of these earning, earnings calls or whatever like that. See, there's a good opportunity to do that. Make sure it's set in, like not necessarily set in stone, but that there is a conceived plan that is looked to be, uh, looked to be executed, not just like thrown away after the first bad movie. Also, it's just so funny. These earnings calls, usually they're financially focused. Like, oh, what was your revenue? What was your top line, bottom line? What was your EBITDA, your EPS, your earnings per share? And then they're talking about Batgirl being canceled. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Wonder Twin. Oh no, the Wonder Twin. It's just it's hilarious how this imagine like game imagine like we worked for like Warner Brothers Discovery and we were sitting on those calls and like we you obviously were you know all those terms that you're using. You're sitting there and you're like Batgirl's canceled. You're like what? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Batgirl's but canceled. Another thing is like they highlighted. Oh, we want to focus on Batman. We want to focus on Superman. And they mentioned they wanted to focus on Wonder Woman as the third. Like, I think Wonder Woman, they said that on the call. So now that's, I think you said they didn't outline the plan, which is good. But they did mention they want to focus on Wonder Woman in addition to the other two I, I said. So that puts away, away any rumors that I said last week about the about Wonder Woman saying, do we just potentially cancel Wonder Woman 3? Or Definitely have her not. hop around Hulk-esque. That's what we talked yeah, about Yeah, I think the hop around is the best situation uh, now that she's confirmed to be in the future of DC or a prominent figure in, in DC. And also, you mentioned Batman Superman being prominent figures in DC. They're prominent figures in comic book lore and, and just, just in cinematic society. lore. Cinematic yeah, lore. Society. Like history of movies. It's just we need to have them. So for people on Twitter, I don't want to give these people the benefit of the doubt of our platform here. So I'm not going to call any names. But for them to say, literally after the earnings call, when they cancel all these projects, People were saying, like prominent Twitter people are like, what has DC, what could DC do or announce going forward that will get me excited? Um, how about the Batman 2? Or how about Superman? Or how about Henry Even Cavill the coming newest back? newest Joker movie. And like the Joker, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Joker trailer was such a deflection. It was so it was so calculated. It was like after the Batgirl news the next day, Joker 2 teaser, put it out. Just, it out. Send it to Lady Gaga. Send it to her. Send it to her. Post it, post it, post it. It's just some fit, a lot, like all these Twitter heads. Just twi cinema Twitter is just terrible sometimes. 
too much leaning on the like on the actors and filmmakers or just whatever they want to do. It's just like, no, this is also a business, but it's also something that long term, it benefits us as audience members. It's just they don't see that they're blindsided by the short term. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think we also should talk about you brought it up briefly because I focus on the DC portion of that because I think that's what our listeners are most interested in. I know it's what we are most engaged, like most we, we will entertain most like from that meeting. But there's also the fact you brought up there's HBO Max content that is leaving HBO Max, right? And they are literally a projects that are being abandoned by the streaming service. And this looked at a potential there is going to be a merger between HBO Max and Discovery streaming service, I believe, in june of 2023 is that correct ricky correct okay so it seems like it's kind of scary if you like talking about from the creative side we're not filmmakers okay but having your work that you made for a streaming service now being able to be taken down it's kind of going against the idea of oh maybe this movie was meant for a theater it's not coming out the way we wanted to we could just throw it on a streaming service it seems like you've talked about it before streaming services how competitive they are now they want to make sure every piece of material every show every movie right documentary whatever it is is of high quality all right not just like a netflix where it's like oh my god i couldn't get my movie made here throw it on netflix okay it seems like hbo max is abandoning that type of approach maybe something that netflix should really look into right i seem like they're kind of curbing their mentality as well but what do you think about that ricky flex i assume you're a fan Huge fans. So I think a big thing with these streaming boards, you mentioned the competition, is that you need to find your identity, your vision as your service, your streaming service, just like any company, any team. Like if you're thinking sports, what's your strategy, your rationale, your playbook, philosophy, the type, style of offense or defense you want to play. Streaming is the same thing. Your competition, what's going to differentiate you between your competitors, Apple. They don't have anything besides Apple originals on theirs. Very small, but all quality. Uh, Amazon, they're trying to build out this framework again. Um, but you see Netflix, they don't have a vision or identity. They're scrambling right now. And HBO, is clearly, they said on the call, it's going to be eight, their platform is going to be HBO driven, that high quality, right? And they're just basically restarting with this merger with Discovery. They're just scrapping their earlier plans besides HBO of like these app HBO Max originals. They're scrapping that because they know these streaming wars, they have a chance at winning this long term at winning this thing. So it's like, okay, let's just do what we do best. HBO programming and then anything with DC and Warner Bros. Make sure we focus on that. But hey, let's keep that cinematic vision. But also with the streaming wars, it's like, okay, well, let's not just be like what Netflix is and just make our HBO Max originals that are crap. Hey, let's just only make HBO programming and also cinematic them bring it after the 60 day or 45 day release window. So I really love the vision here. You, clear directive from this new management again, which is what you need where HBO, uh, Netflix just has no idea what they're doing because Reed Hastings like credit to him for starting the streaming wars and getting that early lead. But now their, their original vision is just like jumbled. Yeah, I agree. It is jumbled. And if you're an HBO Max like fan of that streaming service, personally, I am. I love the content on there. It's probably my most visited streaming service out of all streaming services I have. Like, this is a great sign. This is a great sign for the future. And if you're a fan of DC, this is great. You're going to be like, okay, we're not just going to get crappy movies that we didn't think that were uh, going to be on, like uh, I guess, theater worthy or ones that are just made like the, you, you also have like, the thoughts that go immediately to like streaming movies. Like imagine if Marvel put on a movie only for streaming, 
right? What is the kind of connotation there? Like it wasn't good enough for the big screen. Like you want to make this for subscribers, but just seems like a series is more appropriate. And there's already a couple series that are still greenlit. Peacemaker 2 is still happening according to James Gunn. Uh, speaking of DC, you got also the Penguin series talking about high quality filmmaking, the producer, Matt Reeves, he's not directing the series, but he's going to be very close with its writing and its uh, story production. Uh, just production. Uh, so it's beginning in February. You got Constantine. You got the whole J.J. Abrams contract that was signed between him and D.C. He still has a slew of different projects he has to make. Another high-quality filmmaker. All right. Constantine his Constantine series is said to be on, quote, solid ground and moving, moving along, end quote. And then I kind of want to move to another part of our checkup to kind of connect with this. Idris Elba says that he's working on a new D.C. project. Is this a series for this HBO Max Discovery. What do you think, Ricky Flux? I think it is. I think what I want to see is, again, this is going to be tough because he's so busy, but James Gunn. I think that's, if this is true, it's like, okay, well, I want James Gunn directing his character, the, his like thought process behind the character that we saw a year ago in The Suicide Squad with Idris Elba as the lead, which is great. So if James Gunn is not a part of it, then I'll be worried. But right now it's, I think Idris Elba was one of, if not the best part of the Suicide Squad last year. I think Peacemaker was personally, but you can argue that. But Idris Elba would be next. If James Gunn's not too busy, which I know he is, it's like, oh, let's get him reconnected with Idris Elba and put out only quality content on HBO Max, which I know James Gunn could do clearly with Peacemaker season one. And if you're looking at what we just talked about with Warner Brothers, HBO Max, and DC – it's kind of confusing when you bring up all those companies at once. But Idris Elba plays Bloodsport, small-scale hero, okay, slash villain, anti-hero, I guess you want to call him from the Suicide Squad. He's not made for a movie. He's not going to get his own solo project, according to this new plan from Warner Brothers Discovery, right? So you're most likely going to get a series on HBO Max or, because obviously you line up well with Peacemaker, or we're looking at Suicide Squad 2, right? Is that going to happen? I don't. I honestly don't know if the Suicide Squad sequel will ever happen, just because it didn't perform well financially at the box office. We know it was in the age of COVID. Not a lot of moviegoers at that time. But even if there was not COVID, how was that movie going to perform? All right, based on the reputation of the previous Suicide Squad. Okay, new band of heroes. I mean, of villains. How is it going to like actually? What what are the, what are the results going to be? So I think they're kind of scared to have a sequel to the Suicide Squad come out at a potential failure. Uh, and I think the best way is to have just Peacemaker with such a smash hit for HBO Max. Let's just get the next most popular character. It was probably Bloodsport or Ratcatcher 2. Ratcatcher 2 does not deserve her own series. I'm sorry, Danielle Melquire. Like, we know you have great things ahead of you. Right, Fast and Furious franchise is calling your name. But Bloodsport is the next one on the list, 100%. So I'm down with the series. And as you said, only if James Gunn is returning because – I mean, he did amazing with that character. He does amazing with all the small-scale characters. All right. All right. Anything else on the checkup? Well, I do want to bring up one more thing about Warner Brothers Discovery. We talk about differentiation between uh, Warner Brothers films, okay, and then what's going on HBO Max slash Discovery Plus. I believe that's what their streaming service is called. Uh, Warner Brothers is no longer guaranteeing that movies are sent to HBO Max after 45 days in theaters. Uh, the company will use a case-by-case -case basis approach to, to determine when movies will go on to HBO Max. 
This is much different than what we got in 2021, right? 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So we had simultaneous releases on HBO Max and in theaters, mainly due to the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, seems like we're going back to a more traditional format and not only after 45 days, you're not going to see the Batman on HBO max, literally 45 days after it's released in theaters. Instead, it's a case by case approach. We see what's happening. you think uh, the, honestly, I think this is responsive to Top Gun Maverick and the money that it's accrued over its long running, long run in theaters. I think it's still in theaters where I am, yes, which is crazy. Is. Like, like the commitment to the theatrical experience and how it paid off for that movie, I think it's influenced DC and Warner, not DC, Warner Brothers, right? And how they approach their future releases. So what do you think about that concept, Ricky Flex? Yeah, and the Batman was like kind of the last movie to come out during Omicron peak COVID, the last COVID bump, you know, like big COVID bump that affected like society, like mask wearing and everything like to the max. So I think that it's like, oh man, like, Seeing Top Gun Maverick, the Batman was so well beloved. It still made almost $800 million at the box office. Like, imagine if it came out a couple months later, maybe, or like just non COVID, like what would it have done? So I think that now going forward, it's like, okay, we don't want to be held back going forward with our core characters, which they said they want to focus on. So it's like, okay, let's just keep it on a case by case basis, like they said, and they'll see, they'll analyze it when the time comes, which I think is the right move. Keep your options open. That's the key keeping your options open, not get hung down by your own comments by yourself. That is huge versus what DC used to do, which is make promises that they can't keep. So it's big for them, not clarity for us, but you know what? Like I'd rather have this than promising us something and not delivering. Christopher Nolan's like too late, too late on to better, bigger, and better things. Uh, wish he was still with Warner brothers though, personally. So uh, last thing before we wrap up today's episode, First look at Charlie Cox as Daredevil and She-Hulk sporting the red and yellow suit. Ricky Flex, initial thoughts? I will be watching She-Hulk after seeing these stills. Absolutely. Same here. I think I'm going to start re-watching Daredevil itself. All right. That's going to do it for episode 132 of the Drive-In Podcast. Make sure you are following wherever you're listening right now. We're available on all platforms. Make sure you're also subscribed to the YouTube, which you may be watching at this moment. Follow us on all of our socials at the Drive-In Pod on Twitter at Drive-In Pod on Instagram. All right. This week we got the Prey review coming out, and then we got the Brad Pitt Rolls top billing draft. You're not going to want to miss that one. All right, that's going to do it for episode 132 for Ricky Flex and Dr. Rowe. Until next time, we will smell you.